Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Well, hi there. It's Matthew Donald here to tell you about the Matthew Donald Patreon. That's right. I bet you didn't see this coming. Uh, Patreon.com slash Matthew Donald. There you can find bonus content for both my shows, The Rit Wit and Paleo Bites. For the Paleo Bites bonus episodes, we discuss pop culture featuring prehistoric animals. And this month, we're talking about the classic dinosaur movie, perhaps my favorite movie of all time. It came out in a year ending in three. It has four syllables, three syllables in the first word, one in the second. First word ends in ick. That's right. It's the one, the only, the best classic dinosaur movie of all time. Jura- <coughs> Sorry, I had something in my throat there. Uh, anyways, it's Pacific Rim. That's right. Pacific Rim. Now, I bet you're thinking, wait a minute, Donald, that's not a dinosaur movie. And that's where you're wrong. Remember that scene where Charlie Day said, you know, there was a trial run with the kaiju. It was the dinosaurs. That counts. It's my favorite movie of all time, guys. We just wanted an excuse to talk about it. In fact, we want such an excuse to talk about it that we're probably going to talk about it every year. Check out the link in the description for our first of our annual Pacific Rim episodes for the Patreon. Thank you for your support and have a wonderful day. <laughs> oh, it's great. Life's so great. Roar. Growl. Snarl. Bellow. Welcome to Paleo Bites, the podcast that, because I just recently got the booster shot, puts the sore in dinosaur. Da-da! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it hurts, but it's worth it. Anyways, my name's Matthew Donald, and each week I and a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genus of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthbot, and so on. This week, I'm joined by famed bus driver, famed adventurer, famed, uh... <laughs> what else do you do? Well, <laughs> famed- quite a... Yeah, I was going to say, you do so much. Famed, like... I am a jack of all and master of none. Yes, yes, indeed. I don't know, you're way more master at some things than I am. It was just Natasha Crack. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great, other than my sore arm, but... uh, I I mean, I'm doing... Because, like, I have a a baby to protect. My, my, My niece is a year old, so... Ah. So, until they get vaccines for her, uh, we're all, we're all gonna get the boosters, so... Mm. That is what it is, but... 
uh, this pandemic, it will never end. <laughs> it seems that way. Although, from what I've read, okay, also, by the way, we're recording this on December 11th. I think this comes out, like, in January sometime. But from what I've read, the Omicron variant, or Omicron variant, however you pronounce it, um, is, again, like most pandemics tend to do, more contagious, less deadly. So... <laughs> So it's on its way to becoming basically the common cold. Yes, that is the hope. Like, eventually, if you look at, like, because I go to, like, worldometers.org or .gov or whatever it is, I don't know, and I look at it every day, and you can even see that, like, while case numbers and new cases have continued to remain stable, death numbers, there's a clear downward slope. Mm-hmm. So yeah. hopefully it gets to the point where, like, like, whether you get the vaccine or not, whether you wear a mask or not... Like it's just whatever. It's just a disease. Obviously, if you're immunocompromised, you'll you'll have issues. But that's true of any disease. So yeah, that's and I don't talk about this super openly, but the chances are I tangled with the virus very very early on because I was a transit operator. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're exposed so much. Oh, honestly, (laughs) transit. Those in the transportation industry were ignored pretty early on. No, I remember you telling me it's like you guys got this you guys saw that it was happening before it actually well yeah i yeah. remember that a good portion of my longmont bus yard former longmont bus yard i've changed careers mm-hmm. uh a lot of us got viciously sick late 2019 early 2020 and so when we started seeing that they were talking about this a lot of us realized our symptoms lined up almost to a t oh yeah um, for well, me, I did end up with a long-term effect where I get vicious migraines. Oh, yeah. And I use Monster Energy drinks medicinally. <laughs> nice so word, this medicinally. is not a promo for Monster Energy drinks. Be uh, this careful episode is sponsored by Monster Energy drinks. <laughs> but be, no, no, I get Be careful that. with the darn things. They yeah. have so much stimulants. But then again, if you look at what's in Excedrin, mm-hmm. it's not much better. Right. And and that's the thing. Like You, you do ha- you have been exposed to that stuff. You are double vaxxed, though, right? I think yes. You, okay, so that's fine, honestly. Like, like if get whatever you want like i mean obviously i'd recommend everyone get vaxxed in terms of the booster shot like whatever you feel is the most comfortable i i say like i think you know we're again with the omicron variant being less deadly you should be fine if you're i don't know it's again whatever you feel is best for your own judgment again i i know we don't like i believe in safety despite my harsh mm-hmm. sounding views <laughs> for those of you who know me in person oh I yeah no you come across kind of harsh but uh, yeah, but I actually care. <laughs> yeah, no, I know you do. So and, and like, so please do work with your medical professional on what's yeah. best for you. Yes, uh, get va- get double vaxxed after that. Do whatever you want. But if you do decide to get the booster, it's completely safe. So just again, whatever you want to do. Again, except you might get sore like I did. Be putting the sore in dinosaur. Ugh. <laughs> oh man, Ugh, moving my arm here. Okay, so dinosaur related question. Okay, <laughs> all right. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of COVID, <laughs> like, uh, if there could be a new, oh God, why do I come up with these things on the spot? I need to plan these in advance. Oh, <laughs> uh, come on. People love it when we go on the fly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, indeed. Oh man. So our tangents are legendary. If you had a new variance of, uh, COVID or, or just any disease actually makes more sense that was themed around dinosaurs, what would it do to the human Ooh. body? Ooh. You're talking to the person who has read way too many comic books, yes. watches way too many. Honestly, if I were a supervillain, yes. I wouldn't go for something so obvious that targets the respiratory system. Oh. I would not go obvious. I'm sorry, but yeah. come on. So what would you do instead? Was it just like done visually? Just you look at someone like, that's it? <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah. If I were to spread a virus, I'd target the water supply. Oh, yes. And again, it would. if I wanted to control human population, I would make it super subtle. 
I would, you know, go for fertility. Okay. And make it so it... It sounds like you've thought a lot about this. Honestly, there have been times when the open road starts talking and my inner supervillain starts talking. Yeah, it's just like, you're driving the bus bus and your mind wanders. (laughs) I mean, Route 228 on a bad day? Oh, dear heavens. Okay, so how how would it be dinosaur-themed, though? Would it be like... You would you would suddenly only have two fingers. <laughs> that would be a hilarious indicator. Sharp teeth. You know, <laughs> Slowly become a little some, bit of maybe some elongation of the canines. Yeah. To make it a little bit become obvious. Become di- dino zombies. <laughs> Ooh, dino zombies. That would be fun. <laughs> maybe they start hallucinating the dino zombies. <gasps> so it's actually not really dino zombies. It's all in their head. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we could come... Is there any uh, dinos that are named in something kind of scary? I mean, yeah, there's Tyrannotitan. <laughs> Ooh. There's, yeah, there's T-Rex, obviously. There's Scorpionator. Ooh. Uh, I'm trying to think of like, one that's like... Scorpionator sounds creepy and super villainy. Oh, there's actually a dinosaur literally called Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we don't know enough about it. And yeah. let's be honest... Thanos is more the villain that makes you think. He's not outright yeah. scary. He's just one that makes you I mean, think. I think he's pretty terrifying, but it's, it's the most terrifying thing about him is like, I can see some of his points, but yeah. obviously, like, this is not the way to do it. But <laughs> I mean, that is what makes him more of an interesting villain mm-hmm. than outright scary. But maybe I've been delving too much into the world of the SCP universe. Uh, oh, yes, the with all the weird creatures and what have you. They love crafty and style horror without the... Uh, not so ageless tropes. Oh man, I um, I follow this uh, YouTube uh, channel called Meta Ball Studios. It ah. does like these three D models of like all the stuff, comparing them and like from different franchises. Like they had like, like biggest spaceships, biggest planets, biggest creatures. Like biggest, they had one thing: biggest sea monsters. Ooh. And obviously, the biggest one was this weird horseshoe crab-looking one from SCP <laughs> that was like the size of the Atlantic. <laughs> oh, the SCP universe also has Yargon Munter. Yes, yes, yeah, I think and a few other terrifying sea serpents, um, and some terrifying coral. Right. Oh no, there's a lot of terrifying stuff. But this video was really good at like incorporating a lot of cool stuff and a lot of unique stuff. And some stuff I wouldn't necessarily classify as sea monsters. Is Godzilla a sea monster? I mean, he comes from the sea, but yeah. Oh, uh, oh, let's leave that to our listeners to debate. Uh, listeners, is Godzilla a, a sea, sea monster? Listeners, go in, listen, email in. <laughs> is Godzilla a sea monster? Uh man, in the um. Monsterverse, he does have gills as well as lungs, so... Oh, so he, maybe he's technically an amphibian. Yeah. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> uh, speaking of none of that, um, I, I guess we're going into the chambers of prehistory. And speaking of chambers, we're talking about Camarasaurus or chambered lizard. There we go. That was my... There we go. <laughs> that was my bad segue. <laughs> uh, type it is a Macronarian sauropod, a group of long neck dinosaurs known for their enlarged navel ca- nasal cavities. Not navel cavities. <laughs> yeah, they have big belly buttons. <laughs> How the hell would that show up in the fossil record? Oh, man. Especially because they didn't have umbilical cords. <laughs> so... Okay, no large nasal cavities. <laughs> They're very closely related to the titanosaurs, though. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, size 49 to 75 feet slash 15 to 23 meters long, 25 to 45 tons. Uh, I like how most dinosaur books I've read, they say it's a medium-sized sauropod. <laughs> like, <I> su- <laughs> well, I suppose compared to some of the giants that we all yeah, think like, of classically. I know, like it's, it's all relative in terms of dinosaurs that large overall, but still, like... If a 75-foot-long, 45-ton behemoth walked down the street in modern times, it would make everyone crap their pants in terror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, or wonder what Hollywood was up to this time. But back then, it was just medium size. What a time to be alive. <laughs> uh, diet herbivore, of course. 
uh, wager very, very few uh, carnivorous long necks out there. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I'd wager not any. Uh, time, late Jurassic, 155 to 145 million years ago. Location, Colorado and Utah, USA. So our home state, folks. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, if you go to Dinosaur Ridge, there's plenty of Camarasaurus bones there. Uh, nice. Yes. Uh, described in 1877, pop culture appearances, the TV documentaries When Dinosaurs Roamed America and Jurassic Fight Club, although I'd use the term documentary loosely when talking about that latter show, <laughs> as well as Dinosaur Train, Jurassic Park Builder, but not oddly not Jurassic World the game. <laughs> eh, who knows what these game developers. <laughs> yeah, Jurassic World Evolution 1 and 2, the upcoming prehistoric kingdom, uh, among quite a few others, but oddly it never appears in Walking with Dinosaurs despite the one episode... There's one episode that being said at that time and place it was at, and it being the most common long neck of its time, I guess in comparison to the super long Diplodocus and the super tall Brachiosaurus, good old medium-sized Camarasaurus wasn't cool enough. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not. Or maybe they, again, just got caught up in all the other dinosaurs. I mean, CG yeah. does take a lot of computer it's space. It's true, it's true. I mean, like, when Dinosaurs in America had, had them, but it, didn't ha- it, it also only had Camarasaurus and... Apatosaurus. It didn't have Diplodocus or Brachiosaurus, so That's it's like fair. they picked two different ones. Uh, it also had Ceratosaurus, which Walking with Dinosaurs also lacked. Huh. <laughs> Coolest part was when these Ceratosaurus were chasing these Dryosaurus, and then just before it reached them, it does the classic, there's always a bigger fish thing, when an Allosaurus gets the Ceratosaurus and kills it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is always a bigger fish in there. Yes, is in there. Qui-Gon Jinn was not wrong. There's always a bigger fish, especially if you falls SCP. <laughs> yes, and that world is its own bit of a mm-hmm. horror. Absolutely, there's always a bigger fish. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, so any, if you ask any low-blow Froyo Joe on the street to name some Jurassic sauropods, they'd probably be like, sauropods, is that like a new iPod? Probably. <laughs> then you dumb it down and say Jurassic Longnecks. They'd be like, Jurassic Longnecks? No, your ass is a Longneck. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you dumb it down even further and say, name some Longneck dinosaurs. They'd be like, oh, my apologies. I did not understand your request at first. Um, well, <laughs> well, there's Apatosaurus and Brontosaurus. As of 2015, they're technically correct again um and brachiosaurus then you're like any more and they're like nope those are the only ones then you get thinking for your time and then give them a quarter (laughs) (laughs) or send them to the nearest natural history museum yeah exactly oh man i'll never forget the time when like uh i was at dicer national monument on the colorado utah border and uh there was this great uh wall of all these dinosaur bones and the person there she was like it's like there are eight different species there. Can you name them all? And I'm like, hmm, what is this? 45, 145 million years ago? Mm-hmm. 
and I need them all. <laughs> so for me, one of the cooler dinosaur museums, actually, just a museum in general on the Colorado border, would yeah. be the Fruta Museum. Oh, I never went there. Uh, it's near the Colorado National Monument, which uh, I camped on top of. Oh, in, cool. Back in my camp counselor years. Yeah. Sand and sunburn don't mix. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, but they had quite the selection of dinosaurs there, from what I remember. They also had a uh, whole section dedicated to the history of whitewater rafting, Ooh. including the first Looney Tune to go down the Grand Canyon Ooh, yes. in a wooden boat. <laughs> uh, I still wonder how he survived Lava Falls. Yeah. Oh, Lava Falls. Yeah. So I mean, I'm assuming not literally Lava Falls. No. But uh, still. Well, it's a class five rapid from what I've seen of. Uh, they categorize rapids. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> that's So funny. that's one thing I learned in my first year as a camp counselor. Yeah. Uh, I want to go to the Royal Terrell Museum in Alberta, Canada. That would be cool. That's supposed to be a good one. Well, not only is it a good one, I've read they have a sign raptor on display there. Nice. <laughs> my favorites, the Star of Megazoic books. I thought I had to go to China to see a sign raptor skeleton. But no, there's one in the Royal Terrell Museum. So I'm trying to get a bunch of my friends to go on a road trip up there. And while we're up there, we're going to go to the West Edmonton Mall. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is like the biggest mall in North America, like twice the size of the Mall of America, to the point now where... Now that's saying something, because the Mall of America is nothing to shake a stick at. Well, and also this mall's so big, it has an indoor water park and an indoor amusement park, complete with several roller coasters. <laughs> that, again, that's saying something, because back when I was a kid in the 90s, there, I remember one or two times going to the Mall of America, and Camp Snoopy had uh, one or two water rides. They still have the roller coasters, yeah. but the water rides are, well, when I was out there last for my grandfather's 90th birthday, yeah. the water rides were out of commission. Anyway, so Camarasaurus. <laughs> uh, so there's a one major player in the Sauropod game, though, one that everyone seems to forget about, despite being by far the most common Sauropod in North America, and that's good old medium-sized Camarasaurus. <laughs> you know, maybe because it was common, it's been skipped over, which is unfortunate because the common can be just as interesting the the rare. It was the sheep of the Morrison formation of Jurassic. <laughs> uh, so you think more museums would want them. Yeah, but like, not only is it the most common, it's also the most well-preserved, with several complete skeletons found since its initial discovery naming in 1877. Uh, this was another one of those dinosaurs found hastily during the fabled Bone Wars. Oh! Between uh, O'Neill Charles Marsh and Edward Drinker Cope, where this species was named uh, by the latter, so Edward Drinker Cope. In response, the former found another species and named it Morosaurus, probably trying to inflate his dinosaur genus count. <laughs> <laughs> Ego trips, they never change. Most paleontologists nowadays presume Morosaurus to be another species of Camarasaurus, so you're not fooling us, Marsh. You can't find more dinosaurs by naming it Morosaurus. That's not <laughs> how it works. <laughs> no, there's got to be some pretty distinctive differences. Oh, uh, man, I, I would love... Was it like most a lot of one of the reasons why I never wanted to be a full on paleontologist is because I don't like the outdoors. Ah. <laughs> like uh, this is where you and I differ greatly. We're similar in a lot of other areas, but this area we're just like so different. <laughs> like I hate the outdoors. I mean, I like them to a point, but <laughs> but like just working out in the badlands, like lifting heavy rocks, sounds like hell to me. But most sometimes, you know, if you're browsing through a museum's collection and you find bones that are already there, you'll be like, oh, wait, this is different. <laughs> and you can describe a new dinosaur species without ever leaving the building. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I say to each their own because... Oh, you I've mentioned you'd I've, be a great paleontologist like out in the field. Yeah, I've gone out in some very adverse weather. Mm -hmm. Yesterday we got our first official snow. Oh, yes. And oh. it was snowing part of the day in Boulder and we were in a marsh. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it wasn't really like a very deep snow. It was very wet snow, so. Yeah, and both me and my coworker, uh, 
wear very indestructible cargo pants. Mm-hmm. They yeah. honestly, while they cost a pretty penny, <laughs> um, they seem borderline indestructible and very little gets through them. Well, that's the thing. You know what to do. I just don't know what to do. I'm just, I'm out in the woods, be like, ah, and I die. <laughs> Into the Wild is a movie that would be about me. I'd die. <laughs> I never saw that movie. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, yeah, Into the Wild, as I understand it, has a lot of flaws, too. Uh, okay. All um, I know is it starred Emile Hirsch as oh. the lead, who, uh, I like him in Speed Race. <laughs> From what I understand, one of the biggest flaws is how they portray foraging for Mm -hmm. wild foods. Oh, yeah. While, yes, you do have to be safe and sure of your identification, not every wild food is going to kill you. No. I love finding raspberries along trails during peak season. Yeah, no, exactly. There's no, there's most. I'd wager I mean, most foods there are meant to be eaten by animals. Yeah. So why uh, would they kill one us? One of the biggest things to look for, and this will vary region to region, is insect and animal damage. Oh yes. Insect and animal damage will show you that it's being eaten regularly. Oh, and so you want to eat the ones that have been eaten by other animals. With caution, because yeah, gonna... deer can digest certain things that we can't. I guess that's true, yeah. So. Same with any other ungulate, uh, raccoons. Well, I mean, like, they also, like, I mean, they're not really grazers, but, like, grass. They're, like, they're, grass is so hard to digest just because certain animals can eat grass. does not mean we can. <laughs> no, we actually can't. <laughs> yes, we're like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, for a really good example of that is, so, yes. nightshade, belladonna. Yeah. You will almost never see a lot of insect damage on that. Oh, uh, so and don't not, eat it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's got some pretty... It's a beautiful plant. Yes. We don't have it here in Colorado. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't recognize that name, so... Uh, Atropa belladonna. Uh, it is better known as deadly nightshade. Oh, well then, yep. No, don't but, eat it. guess what? what? Several members of the nightshade family are totally edible. Oh, which ones? Tomatoes. Ah, oh, Tomatoes makes... are directly related. Ah, uh, this makes sense why you always want to talk about different prehistoric plants, because <laughs> you seem to know your horticulture and your I, botany. I'm a hobbyist gardener. I have quite the collection of indoor house plants that sometimes nice. I propagate for people. Yes. I'm working on a couple propagations of pothos. Ooh. Pothos are one of the most common house plants, but they are fun and easy to take care of. Uh, all my plants in my apartment are plastic. <laughs> I could probably kill cacti if I wanted to. <laughs> Some cacti are actually surprisingly finicky. Okay, well then then I guess it's, I guess I don't feel too bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, Camarasaurus had a relatively short neck and tail compared to other sauropods, with the animal being more stocky and robust rather than the long and slender uh, Diplodocus rapatosaurus. Uh, despite its short neck, though, chambers in its nose, where it gets its name, allow it to more efficiently inhale oxygen, which, with with its heart able to pump blood up to its head more easily because of this, and therefore, Camarasaurus could hold its neck up almost completely vertically. Unlike Diplodocus or Apatosaurus, which held theirs more horizontally. And that's interesting to know, and I bet you it was very sound-based, but, you know, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, I mean, most times in, like, movies and what have you, they make... They make long necks make whale noises because they're basically land whales. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, at least in terms of size, not in terms of anything else. But Yeah. Well, it would have been interesting to hear their range of vocalizations. If yeah. If they're better able to breathe, then they're better able to vocalize, you right. think. Yeah, exactly. Especially, like, with something like that. Maybe it would sound like a like an elephant or something. Perhaps. And also, And also, it's been... It's, in some speculative art of, of different long necks like Brachiosaurus that sort of envisioned it with a little bitty trunk, too. Oh, almost like a tapir. Yeah, almost like a tapir. And again, this is purely hypothetical. Like, uh, there's no uh, 
evidence for it. But like, if you're looking like where the nostrils are, like some people are like, hey, you know, that wouldn't fossilize, so why not? <laughs> I mean, they do have a point. So, yeah. We all know here on this podcast that soft tissue really doesn't fossilize yeah, except doesn't. under extremely rare circumstances. Well, that's why, like, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, the origin of the Cyclops came from them finding elephant skulls and seeing, what is that big hole in the middle? I mean, I don't blame him. I could see it. Like, that must be a giant eye socket, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, considering what we didn't know at the time. Yeah. I could honestly understand why, without the tusks, they would see a Cyclops. Exactly. Camarasaur shared its environment with these other species as well, which makes me wonder how in the world this place could handle so many different giant long-necked dinosaur species and there's more too there's barosaurus brontosaurus and brachiosaurus as well with some outliers like amphicelius and supersaurus as well <laughs> so we had an impressive ray of sauropods here oh what yes saying. that's a lot for one area and one part of time especially considering most habitats tend to support only one species for each ecological niche mm -hmm. um so how did this work uh, presumably, they all lived in slightly different habitats or slightly different times, as in they're all dated around 155 to 145 million years ago, which is a wide range. That is a wide range. But also, some of them could have cohabitated due to feeding on different plants. Like, Brachiosaurus would have feed on the high branches of conifer trees. Camarasaurus eat the slightly lower branches of those same trees, while Diplodocus and Apatosaurus would eat the lower plants with softer leaves, because their teeth were not meant for chewing on tough conifers. Like. And, you know, that would make sense. We even have examples of that today. Yeah. Well, it's because, like, you know, you have different places with, like, all these different creatures. But, you know, there's always, like... Elephants and rhinos cohabitate, and they're both giant herbivores. Yeah, but it'd be more like if there's, like, here's an elephant, and here's another type of elephant, also on the Serengeti. <laughs> <laughs> like, You know, I think, and our listeners will have to correct me if I'm wrong, there are places where the elephants we think of on the Serengeti and the African bush elephant do cross over. That's true. I guess there's a different subspecies. Sort of like how there's like the plain zebra, and then there's the mountain zebra. Yeah, and, and all the different species of giraffe. Yeah, that's true. Reticulated giraffe, Maasai reticulated giraffe, or mm -hmm. whatever uh, other ones. African forest elephant. <laughs> yeah. Um... So I don't see why that wouldn't be a plausible explanation with these sauropods. And again, like, you have, like, zebras and wildebeest and Thompson's gazelles. These are all grazers. Yeah. So, and they all lived in the same time and place. Mm -hmm. So. Heck, even here in Colorado, we have a huge range of grazers that are native. Yeah, you got, like, bison and you've got uh, uh, pronghorn antelope and. Our mule deer, our yeah. elk. Yeah. Are moose. they grazers? I thought they were browsers. Moose? Or, or elk. Or elk. or A little bit of both. Oh, okay. They are primarily browsers, though. Uh, my favorite browser, obviously, is uh, Google Chrome. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so, no I'll one's made Google. that joke before. All hail Google. So that's at least three that could live in the same time and place. Camarasaurus, Brachiosaurus, and, like, Diplodocus or Apatosaurus, you know? Because like, they're eating different parts of the trees. And that still sounds like a heck of an environment. Like, no wonder there were so many large sauropod hunting predators like Allosaurus and Saurophaganex and Torvosaurus. Uh, maybe we shouldn't go there, actually. Like, if given the option to time travel back there, let's just not, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> We're probably going to get stepped on by something. Yeah, that'd, that'd be the, the most pleasant death. <laughs> just, at least it'd be quick. <laughs> Our TARDIS would be squashed. Yep. And then that would probably blow up the time stream. Yes, it would. Or, or I don't know, it depends on if it's like, oh, it creates a parallel universe each time you do that. I don't know. <laughs> God. Anyways, let's rank Camarasaurus 1 out of 65 million, shall we? I'm going to give it like a 30 million. Again, it's just medium-sized. I don't know, it's, it's important for the environment. But... It was. It occupied its own ecological niche. Yeah. I think it's cool that it was a dinosaur native to our state of Colorado. Yes, yes. 
So oh, I'm going to stick with the solid 30 million as well. Yes, 30 million. Uh, take that, Camarasaurus. Medium sized sauropod, medium sized rating. <laughs> <laughs> the fact it can hold its neck up vertically is pretty cool, though. That, 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 that is pretty cool. Yeah. You don't like, hear about that with a lot of sauropods or no. otherwise long neck creatures. Even Brachiosaurus, with its like longer arms where it gets its name, uh, in front of its legs, it still kind of held it like at an angle, like, mm. like, like a 45 or 50 degree angle, but I don't know. Anyways, all right, well, that's it for this week. Uh, if you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact me at matt d at matthewdoncreator.com for any questions to any of the co-hosts. You can ask Natasha uh, if there's a Class 6 Rapids. <laughs> or just go Waterfall. Go okay. <laughs> class, you die. Class 7 is a Maelstrom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, class 8 is parting the Red Sea. <laughs> <laughs> and Class 9 is just the edge of the world. <laughs> Hey, we aren't supposed to tell people about that. That's true, that's true. You didn't hear anything. <laughs> nope, nope, you didn't. Also, to be fair, the Flat Earthers, they don't think there's like an edge of the world anymore where you just do there's a waterfall. It's it's Antarctica is the edge of the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ice wall of Antarctica. There's no waterfall. Because that'd be silly. A waterfall <laughs> leading off the edge of the world. <laughs> what will they come up with next? Uh, I dread to find out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Anyways... Like, if you're interested in writing, I have a podcast called The Rit Wit, where two twits talk about writing. And if I also have a book series on Amazon, Megazoic, available for print and Kindle. I swear I used the Camarasaurus somewhere in there as one of the juggernauts. I might have mentioned it. It wasn't a major character or anything. But I think I did. I think. I don't know. Early on. Maybe. Who knows? Look it up, listeners. <laughs> Buy it and find out. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week. To save the end of every episode of Paleobites. Uh... What was it with that chamber? Come on, what's the chamber noise? It was like, <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, come on, that hasn't stopped us before. <laughs> Whoa, how'd you get a Chimera source in the studio like that? <laughs> it's right here. Voodoo, don't question the voodoo. Oh, no, not the voodoo. <laughs> how would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.